Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and we have a breaking news show. This is uh, incredible information, and it's coming to us from multiple sources that seriously indicate the Chinese have clearly moved into war mode. Uh, I ran a story yesterday, and we'll start with this, and then we'll bring in our guest Sam Arnold to um, add to this. But I ran a story uh, yesterday that basically said the Chinese had crossed the northern border. My original source for this was uh, Paul Preston and uh, some of his covert sources, which are very, very good. And um, they crossed into the peninsula of Michigan, but they've ended up at Camp Grayling. And this is significant because Camp Grayling, as I covered in 2015 and 2016, was a Jade Helm FEMA camp facility, but they also used the extensive grounds to train foreign UN forces from Poland, uh, Norway, and so forth. And I subsequently wrote an article about this that I published at thecommonsenseshow.com. These Chinese speak perfect English, according to a National Guard source that I have, whose men encountered them at checkpoints and they had written orders allowing them to proceed. They knew exactly where they were going and what they were supposed to be doing. Two of the uh, forces were in American uniforms. They approached the guard gate first and uh, they uh, presented written orders allowing them to continue and their English was impeccable. They were in American uniform, and uh, the assumption on the part of the guards were that, well, these are just Americans of Chinese extraction. No, because as the column followed, they were all in Chinese military uniforms, and they estimated about 500 light infantry, but they all seemed to speak perfect English, which indicates an occupation force, gun confiscation, uh, FEMA camp, we're entering, and I said this yesterday uh, in a discussion I had with um, uh, Steve Quayle, we have entered into the false flag zone. This administration has lost all credibility. I mean, I, I can't believe that we're allowing them to even stay in power. I can't believe the military has not replaced them. With what they have done in Afghanistan, the abandonment of American forces, the American casualties, that's solely the Biden administration's fault. They are hanging on by a thread. And in case you haven't heard, they have left stranded two groups of American school children, one from Sacramento, one from El Cajon, which is a, a suburb of San Diego on the southern border. Ladies and gentlemen, they need distractions. They need action because they're running out of time to control this country. And I believe that the Chinese are now making their move with the UN as part of this and we're going to see massive false flags and probably a world war now to talk about the world war part of it is sam Arnold, and we've been on this topic now for two months and so sam welcome to the show sorry for the long intro but i thought it was important to establish some context here and uh things are heating up even beyond what you and i reported two months ago and in subsequent broadcast since i agree and no one wants to believe this. It's just like theater church. People come in, they want to have a good show, and they want to be stimulated and excited and maybe frightened, and then they want to uh, throw their bucket of popcorn in the trash and walk out the door and get back to the grind, get back to their daily life and their schedule and their bedtime and their alarm clock and all that. 
The fact is, war is upon us. We're, we're three and a half years into global war, and it's about to get very, very kinetic, and we have a, so much evidence. There's a mountain of evidence. I, I really just hope that we don't choke the camel <laughs> with the amount of evidence that we have right now, but let's just look at the, the storm clouds brewing. Let's look at the fact that Air and Naval, Air Force and Naval Reservists were called up yesterday. Just went out last night on the Hal Turner radio show. Three different sources that were individually called reservists for the United States Navy and the United States Air Force. And there is such a military buildup on the Chinese side and on the really the Western world, the United States and numerous allies along with every island nation that knows that their bacon is right on the edge of the skillet right now and that they, if they don't stand for their lives, they will not exist as nations and peoples and languages anymore. And so we can jump in anywhere, but I want to examine the evidence and I want to bring forth a compelling account to help the average American to see that the old days are over. The peace of America is over. Cruising down Route 66 with no papers, stopping for hamburgers anytime you want, the American melting pot of people from other nations and languages becoming one mighty people, all of those things that we have loved so much about our nation are gone, and we all have to fight for our lives right now. It's, it's, it's a moment like no other. My goodness. That's all I got to say is my goodness. Um, I, I'm not surprised by the call-ups. Do we have any details about how many, what percentage, uh, what logistics they represent? Do you know? have any details? Uh, did Howell present any of that? That they should be prepared to be gone for a while. That this is not going to be a weekend drill. They are, and that it was all very secret squirrel. All three asked, where are we going? What are we doing? And the the uh, response was the same. You will be told when you get to the base. And when were they supposed to be at the base? By Friday, as we record on Thursday, just before noon. Yeah, and the show, will so be, let me air, throw and the show is airing on um, Friday morning. Okay, fantastic. Let's throw a fact on the table and then hash it around a little bit. Uh, this is a tweet that I retweeted. Latest positions of U.S. Navy, one carrier strike group, and two amphibious ready groups in the Western Pacific, September 1st, USS Essex is about to enter the South China Sea. So if you go to my Twitter, just search Gospel Gunslingers and it'll come up. This is one day ago. And my response was this. On the very day China's illegal maritime reporting law takes effect, these three potent U.S. naval groups challenge it. Furthermore, the Queen Elizabeth strike group, CSG-21, is exercising with South Korea on the northern part of the South China Sea, and uh, a joint operation by India, the U.S., Australia, and Japan called Exercise Malabar, hashtag EX Malabar, is further south. So here's five fleets, five fleets, each with... Uh, basically flat-top carriers, submarines, 
destroyers and frigates and amphibious landing ships, multinational fleets, and all of them are right on the very edge of the South China Sea, just as China's new dictate really came into effect that all vessels must report, especially submersible vessels, especially nuclear vessels, especially vessels that may carry radioactive materials or may present a threat to Chinese uh, security, meaning military vessels. So that's talking about us, and all of these, this massive buildup is right up against their line in the sand, and we are crossing it. Interesting. This is the pawn getting pushed. This is the pawn getting pushed from a lot of different directions. Well, let's um, go to some old information to see if we can't correlate. Do you know if the Queen Elizabeth, the HMS Queen Elizabeth, the JFK carrier, and Indian naval forces are still off the coast of India protecting 250,000 Indian soldiers on the Chinese border? An odd thing happened. I came across an article that a truce was negotiated and the Chinese and the Indian troops both withdrew deeper into their respective nations. And this is where uh, we're commentating on live a live game. You know, we call them as we see them, and some things don't make sense. We kind of catalog it for a little bit later because it seems to me like the belligerence between China and India is as great as it's ever been, and India is rushing to get their new ships in the sea. You know, we reported two months ago, then one month ago, on the brand new carrier that India had built. And then, and our commentary was, nobody knows the status, but it's supposed to be ready now. Okay, it went out for sea trials. One's Vikramadhyata, and the other one's, I'm sorry, they're a little bit impronounceable, but their second carrier, their new carrier, went out for a five-day sea trials, and then came back to port, and that's been probably three weeks. And so India is running a wartime hurry-up surge offensive in trying to get the second carrier in the water with a fully operational strike group, maybe with American F-18s. There's a lot of rumblings in that direction. So India is trying to get more ships to sea. And let me just throw out one more oddball fact while we're telling about things that we don't fully understand the import of. The Queen Elizabeth Strike Group sailed all through, uh, you know, the Suez, the Arabian Seas, the Indian Ocean, South China Sea, then went to Guam. When they got to Guam, they did a crew change out. And Britain actually built two of these carriers, and they ran a hurry-up offense to get the sister ship, the HMS Prince of Wales, working because they had a, what I observed to be sabotage. They had an engine room flood. And that ship was supposed to be out of commission for three years when it wasn't even done with sea trials. Well, they, they, they hurried up. They got it in the water. They got it going. But when the Queen Elizabeth went to Guam, they sent a lot of their trained crew that had been on all these multinational exercises back to England and got a lot of new crew from England. So basically, these two crews swapped. So the experienced crew, a lot of them are on the Prince of Wales. And the newer crew is now exercising with South Korea, et cetera, and, and getting ready for this advance into China. 
And so uh, every one of these nations is put in ships to sea like only happens in wartime. And this is what we're observing. This is what we're reporting to the world. We are like the guys on the Danish coast in 1940, 1939, before the world ever cared about Hitler. And out in the out in the rain every day on those rocky crags, there were people in Denmark and in Norway reporting on naval movements and reporting on ships that were leaving out of of, of Germany's shipyards, submarines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And at that point, the world was not listening. But then there came a day, there came the Pearl Harbor moment when it became apparent. And I feel like that's already happened really with the fall of Kabul. This should be everyone's signal that uh, business as usual is over. Nobody joins the military for the GI Bill or to get their college paid for anymore. This is for all the marbles. We are in World War. Yeah, I'm hearing the, this went out at the beginning of the pandemic. And they were talking about to various selective service offices that have been inactive for years that they should begin to gear up and become operational. In other words... I'm suggesting there could become a draft. And that it will include females, that American women will be drafted and forced into combat positions in integrated units. Well, how woke can we be, Sam? (laughs) Just as crazy. We're going to take our first break here, um, and uh, we need a break because... I'm about ready to hyperventilate with what's going on. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are headed for a planned food shortage, and we have covered that in many, many venues. But just to name a few, the meatpacking plants still are not open. They should have been kept open under Trump. I don't care if they had to put the National Guard in hazmat suits. But instead, we chose to murder millions of cattle, kill off the dairy supply, and that was one, the Chinese supply line, the truckers are going on strike this month at some point in time. Ladies and gentlemen, your just-in-time deliveries won't be there. And when hyperinflation catches up, because we're headed towards $40 trillion of debt, when that happens, you're not buying any preps because you won't be able to afford them. You have two windows simultaneously converging, and you're caught in the middle, and you have a limited window to get what you need. And that includes storable food. And I would buy as much as I could, as often as I could, and save for as long as you could. Bob Griswold says you need two years plus seeds. FEMA and DHS say six months. And most Americans don't have six days. You need to get busy. Preparewithdave.com is where you want to go. There's a special there. You'll find it at the website, preparewithdave.com. Also, my biggest fear is in a crisis when they take down our cell phones because we're not cooperating with these tyrants running our government. We can't communicate. Well, how are you going to communicate with your family members when the poop hits the fan? Well, if you have a satellite phone, you don't have to worry about it. And don't worry, it's not that expensive, folks. It's one-fourth the cost of what I pay for my monthly cell phone bill. How can you get yours? How can you find out more? Call 855-980-5830. That's 855 855- Nine eight zero five eight three zero, and then finally, all crises come to an end. And if you can store, accumulate, and hide your assets, your let's say precious metal assets, and not just gold, but also Bitcoin and so forth, 
if you can do that, you'll come out the other side, relatively speaking, wealthier than the people who survive alongside you. You'll be the rich kid on the block. You got to do it now. Your assets are going to be forfeited in this system. Cash is trash and it's going to crash. So what do you do? You call Noble Gold and let them bulletproof you like they did me. And I guess I've been a customer now for a number of years. Give them a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of The Common Sense Show told you to call. Our guest is Sam Arnold, and so far we have covered the fact that we have Chinese troops speaking perfect English at a FEMA camp that's been used to train UN forces in the past during the Jade Helm days at Camp Grayling in Michigan. This is multiple source. Sam is now reporting that um, um, there are Army, Navy, Reservist call-ups that are pretty vague and indeterminate. I believe that we could be headed towards a draft based on other things that have happened. And then Sam is talking about escalation in the South China Sea, which points to nothing but World War III. Now, Sam, with that full menu in front of us here, um, where do we go? Let's go to the word. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. This is the first chapter of the book of Joel, verse 19. O Lord, to thee will I cry, for the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame hath burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field cry also unto thee, for the rivers of waters are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness. An interesting article came out just yesterday, and Steve Quayle linked to this, about the river Paraná in South America is drying up and that they're really having trouble with commercial fishing on that river. They're really having trouble with moving barges on that river, and these are major grain-producing areas. And that may seem a world away for an American, but this is one of the great rivers of the world. It's over 3,000 miles in length. And I've preached on the Paraná, both in Buenos Aires, where the mouth of the river comes out into what's called the uh, Rio de la Plata, the, the, the river of silver, because the Spanish sailed up that river looking for silver, and also in the city of Rosario, which is uh, basically a, a distant satellite and a smaller satellite to Buenos Aires, but I still think it's a city of three million people. So I've preached there on that great river, and it is, in fact, drying up. So the weather warfare is hitting a fever pitch, the military mobilizations are hitting a fever pitch. The toppling of nations with election fraud and putting in uh, tin horn dictators, which already happened in that nation. I'd like to go back to Argentina and eat some good food and preach, but it's communist. And why? Uh, who's our friend, the lady lawyer that spoke very clearly about Dominion voting systems? Oh, Sydney Powell. Sydney yeah. Powell. And they're trying to, uh, by the way, they're trying to disbar Sydney Powell. That's right. Yeah. That's right. She spoke very clearly about Argentina. You want to look at a nation? 43 million people, a jet power. They build nuclear reactors around the world. A new one in Saudi Arabia that hasn't been activated because it would be a contravention of certain nuclear non-proliferation treaties for the Saudis to actually put in the fuel rods 
and flipped the switch, but they got a brand new nuclear power reactor that was built by the Argentinians. They build their own jets in Argentina. It's, it's a tremendous nation, and it is gone, baby. It's gone. And I've been, I've been sounding the alarm about this for some years. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, by the way, just search Gospel Gunslingers or go to gospelgunslingers.com, and that will link to all my platforms. And you, a lot of times I only publish things on one or another, so you have to really look at them all. But my oldest YouTube videos were about Argentina and that nation being subverted to go communist. It's also where the Pope is from, Jesuit Pope Francis. And so we're losing nations. Communism is coming into our country. They're in Michigan now, uh, supposedly at the base in the lower peninsula. This had to be an amphibious landing that they came in that or they came across the International Bridge. Who knows? But it's every American should be alarmed and we have to break out of the theater mentality the theater church mentality and really decide what we're going to do how we're going to live how to prepare because trouble is coming to the door of every person not coming is here is here and they have and and the chinese let's not forget the obvious the Biden crime family is being blackmailed by the Chinese. A Biden crime family totally abandoned two groups of American school children, as I mentioned, thousands of American citizens, and they did it without blinking an eye. They are an enemy of the American people, enemy. And I don't mean they're incompetent. I mean they're purposefully traitors. And this is what a lot of people just fail to realize. When you say this, they go, oh, Dave, you're such a conspiracy theorist. Tell that to the parents of the school children trapped with the Taliban, and they'll surely be trafficked. That's what they do. We're supposed to be respectful of other cultures, right? Not that part of it, I'm not. Anyone who's a trafficker. You know, in that part of the world, when you steal something, they cut your hand off. With what they're doing, they should be cutting something else off. I concur. Let's go to some good news. And I I just did a report on this, and this is about our naval and air force buildup. So this is where the call-ups of American reservists have been coming, the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Air Force Reserve. Oh, by the way, that uh, base in in, uh, Michigan, Camp Grayling, is a National Guard base, yes. which means that it's under the authority of the commander of the Michigan National Guard, which is the governor. The <laughs> governor, witch. governor Witch Whitmer, yep. That's right. So when you're talking about orders being given that these enemy combatants are going to come in there and live large in a defensible perimeter, who gave that order? I think we need to look at Whitmer. So there's been sabotage after sabotage right from that state capitol, from her office. They've shut down pipelines. They've tried to cripple our energy infrastructure. And now uh, I think I think Americans need to find out what's going on in their neighborhood. Those are tight-knit communities there, and that's kind of the backwoods of the Lower Peninsula. And I think that those people will... Uh, have a sharp lookout now for what's going on 
But in the in our buildup in the Pacific, it's very, very, very important for us to understand that our military was not ready to confront China. You know, I'm a refugee. I was down at the refugee office here in Mexico City last week, and I was speaking with a Venezuelan woman, and she said, you never came to save us knowing I was an American. You never came to help us. We, we, we hoped Trump would come. We wanted the military to come, and you never came. And I explained some things to her that I also was disappointed about it, but I've come to learn that we were not ready for a global conflict with China. And Trump, he played Sun Tzu on this. He made the um, United States appear weak where we were strong and appear strong where we were weak. But this is where my article about all the new weapon systems that have come online since January 20th, and some of it were reading between the lines of test firings and things like that to, to know that these weapon systems are in fact now active and now hitting the field, and some of them are just in the first stages of production right now. But I need for, I, I really need for America to understand that we were not militarily ready to confront China on January 20th, or at any time before, Trump had to bring all of our industry back online. The tank factory in Ohio, it's a million square foot factory where M1 Abrams tanks are made, and Trump saved that, poured gazillions of dollars into it to keep those workers there that had all the knowledge, that had been doing nothing but making tanks for five, 10, 20 years, and they were going to go on to greener pastures or to something else because the government had not been interested in a long time in strengthening, strengthening our military and being ready to deal with peer adversaries. And so just one thing, my article says last week, all three attack submarines of the Seawolf class steamed out of their home port in Bremerton, Washington simultaneously. This is a surge because, you see, Normally, one would be in service, one would be in training, and one would be on patrol. So it, it, it upends the whole support infrastructure around that entire class of ships when they all go to sea. But they all went to sea at one time. And I've got linked articles where this happened one other time, just a couple weeks before, and all the commentators on military affairs said, this is crazy. What's going on? Well, those three ships are powerful attack submarines to confront China. But here's what I want here's what I want to focus on. They had been defanged by prior administrations. They had almost no anti-ship weapons. So why has the US Navy got 60 attack submarines? It's an attack submarine. It's supposed to attack. And what do they attack? Really ships. But they also have vertical launchers, you know, to, to launch Tomahawk land attack missiles and stuff. So they can, yeah, sit off the coast of some place and then uh, provide naval missile fire to take out some bunkers or bases or whatever. But that's not what they're for. It's an attack submarine. And so we've had 60 of these submarines, and they got, what, four torpedo tubes to 
you know, launch homing torpedoes and stuff. That's great for against another an enemy ballistic missile submarine or something. But the real weapons, the real anti-ship weapons, had been taken away from these submarines. And so I answered the question, why did they all sail together? Because there's a known threat from China, and probably we intend to press that envelope. We intend to take the fight to them. Parts of the military that are not Biden controlled intend to, take, to save our nation and to take the fight to the heart of the enemy's stronghold. And now, finally, they have the weapons to do it. You want to know what they are? What's that? Okay, the first one for those subs is we got Harpoon anti-ship missiles. This is a great heavy anti-ship missile. Uh, our, it's what our uh, destroyers carry, and they, they can't really... They don't do well on small ships because it's a big missile. It's been upgraded through the years, so even though they've been in service for, you know, probably since 1980, it's a great missile. It's, it's been... It, it's gone through avionics and data link upgrades and stuff like that. But in the 1990s, they would fire them from submarines. And the Harpoon missile has an, a watertight case around it, and they put it in the torpedo tube and then launch it out of the torpedo tube, and it's got a solid rocket booster that takes it up to the surface and into the air, and then that, that waterproof shell comes off and the turbojet engine takes over so we retired them all in 1997 Bubba Clinton did that thought we didn't need those we'd be nicer to the Russians or whatever you know the this is disarmament one of the three weapons which Khrushchev said we will conquer the West with these three weapons detente disarmament and decolonization so now we're seeing the world step back on that. We see decolonization, especially with the most famous uh, world empire, the British Empire. We see the queen clawing back power and the Commonwealth nations that were so proud to be independent and to have their parliamentary system and constitutional republics, and a lot of them were turned to communism uh, to a greater or lesser degree. And now they're coming right back. They're following the queen as she's defying even her own parliament by sending her ships out to confront China. So that Harpoon missile is now active. It's back. I don't and think the Queen is... Article, Sam, let's go back to the Queen for a second. The Queen, I don't think, sure. is opposing her own government. Um, I've had communication with the former British Afghan commander in Afghanistan, and uh, his position is Biden should be not impeached but court-martialed for treason and on the same day and he canceled a radio interview with me and I think because it became too political Boris Johnson went to the floor of the parliament and excoriated Bush and distanced himself they distanced themselves a little bit from NATO and the Queen and this is what I've learned has been told that your Bank of London your precious six-mile stretch of your own territory will not be much of a factor in the Great Reset brought to us by Klaus Schwab. And what I'm saying to you here is this, is that the Queen has distanced herself from the boys from Basel, I call them the bastards from Basel, the Rothschild banking family, 
because they she knows that she has no economic future with them and this is why we see the queen elizabeth you know sailing with rogue american naval forces and you've defined what rogue means not under the control of biden and other nations as well to confront china so i just wanted to put this two cents in what what Britain is doing, they've been forced into by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. I think that the fall of Kabul has been an enormous wake up for Great Britain as a nation. Well, that and the banking this... situation. Let me tell you something. The Queen could have lived with losing Afghanistan to a point. That would have been bad enough, I agree. But you're cutting into her personal finances when you cut her out economically of the Great Reset. That's, th this, she's pissed. <laughs> the Queen Bee is pissed. And I'm telling you, both forces are at work, but the main one is her banking interests. 95 years old. I think that she knows that there is no, there's no future for Great Britain without an absolute phoenix rising from the ashes and only in direct confrontation and britain really does not have the muscle to do this they have been hoping that as they exercise with nation after nation that these other nations get pissed off as much as she is and lo and behold it's happening japan's in australia's in even as they have the most brutal lockdowns and their jackboot police are on the streets kicking people in the face that are on the ground not wearing a mask, et cetera, et cetera. There are forces within the military of Australia that have decided enough is enough. They're going to go to the enemy stronghold and they're going to hammer it for better or for worse. This may not go well for any of these nations, including our own. Mm -hmm. I agree. But, but at least, at least we can take the fight to them and I'm telling you, in December, in January, nine months ago, we could not have done it. So I've actually got the video. It's up on this article, and uh, the article is on my tweet. Uh, it's actually on my blog, subscribestar.com slash gospelgunslingers, and this is the top article. And here is the SyncX exercise. So this is maybe 12 days ago as we record, and one of these underwater harpoon missiles was fired from the USS Chicago in the SYNCX exercise. So that is a weapon that we 100% know is back. The USS Chicago fired it from periscope depth. It struck the target. It was a wild success. It's a proven technology. It's only that the missiles now are the Block 2 Plus. They're fully upgraded, upgraded data links, avionics, seeker mechanisms, rocket motors, etc., etc. So that weapon is out there. And I'm telling you the reason why the Seawolf submarines, all three of them, sailed out of Bramerton, Washington, is because they have that. And there's one more that they've got. They've got these vertical launch tubes, right? And they can fire anti-satellite missiles, anti-air missiles, all kinds of cool stuff can go in those. But the mainstay really for land attack has been the Tomahawk. And that's a thousand pound warhead, twice what the Harpoon is, and that's a heavy missile. These are really enormous missiles for land attack. 
Well, there's a new block, block five, which has upgraded, like before, avionics, data links, seeker mechanisms, and upgraded warheads to include dial a yield nuclear warheads. Two years ago, the deputy, uh, I have the actual quote, I believe it was the deputy secretary of defense said the nuclear tomahawk, it gives us a lot of capability. It violates no treaty. There's no reason not to do it. It shouldn't have been removed from the fleet in the first place, and it will return to the fleet. So when China says any ship carrying radioactive material or that may present a threat must report its location every two hours or have their uh, automatic ship identification and location uh, beacon on, they're talking about our Arleigh Burke-class destroyers and our attack submarines that have the nuclear tomahawk capability. So the nuclear tomahawk is back. There hasn't been a huge amount of talk about it, but here's what's interesting. When we reported on the Black Sea just a few months ago when the Queen Elizabeth carrier was in the Mediterranean, the Russians said there is an Arleigh Burke-class American uh, guided missile destroyer in the Black Sea, which is nuclear capable. They specifically referenced the Tomahawk as being a nuclear-capable missile, and they specifically said that they were going to respond to the threat of that ship as the nuclear threat, which yeah. it is known to be. So the Russians know that the nuclear Tomahawk is on the fleet. And by the way, those are dial a yield, so it's a proportional response. We could have used ballistic missiles to blow China into the Stone Age, and this is the only thing that Trump really had, was heavy ballistic missiles, sub-launched ballistic missiles, and space weapons to absolutely incinerate China, but to actually defeat them in a regional conflict without, without casting the world into thermonuclear uh, Armageddon, that was not an option. And this is what is an option now, as these new weapons are hitting the fleet. So I saw the president in Des Moines, and this was probably uh, early 2020. So he had a year left on his term, and he said, we have brand new missiles. He even talked around that time about the super duper missile. <laughs> That's another subject that we can hit, the super duper missile. But he said, all of that was really in decay, but it's all new now. Well, it had been authorized, it had been uh, paid for, or at least the you know the congressional draws were were authorized by our Republican majority. But going through all of the testing, production, uh, scientific phases, and then the actual deployment phase, it's only happened some of these weapon systems in the last one week and two, one two and three weeks during the SYNC-X exercise and some other naval exercises. So. The Tomahawk is out there, and on these attack subs, there's something called Block 5A, and that is a Tomahawk missile which is redesigned with a new seeker for maritime strike. It is an anti-ship missile. And these attack subs now have that capability. Now everyone's actually very, very hush-hush about whether the 5 a variant is at sea, but this is where we've moved into a wartime mentality. 
where the Navy and the Air Force aren't telling everything that they know. But we have the news articles that the Block 5 deliveries have been made, that the first Block 5 missiles are, are at sea. And I'm telling you my commentary that included in that is Block 5A, the Maritime Strike variant. And I believe that all three of these Seawolf-class submarines have that variant, which means that they one of these attack submarines could sink an entire enemy fleet and just blow it off the map with all conventional weapons from a very long ways away, a thousand yeah. miles. Mid Sam, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you because I totally agree with what you're saying about the weaponry. I've heard some of the same things, but the one thing that the Chinese are uh, employing, well, they've done two things. One is right out of Sun Tzu. You know, the best wars, best battles won are the ones where you don't have to fire a shot. Well, the China, I've learned this from my work in the audit, the election audits. The Chinese have penetrated every level of government, and significantly so. They control governors, they control board supervisors, state legislators. I've seen it all here in Arizona. I know it goes on in other states. So that's one. The other, they're employing what the Viet Cong used to call and, and General Giap, who was the leader of the uh, North Vietnamese Army, and he, he called this the belt buckle strategy. And in Vietnam, they wanted to get in close to the American forces so their heavy artillery and their air support could do them no good, you know, where you could get close enough to grab the belt buckle of your enemy. Well, this is what they're doing now by putting two... Well, I should probably explain this to you, Sam, and I, it's been a while since we've talked... Um, I wrote an article two days ago, three days ago now, that showed from six different sources that when the flights were leaving from Kabul with Afghans, they were landing in other Middle Eastern airports and they were taking on terrorists from those airports and bringing them to Dulles. And Tucker Carlson has this. He has 75% of the story. He just is not allowed to tell the whole thing. But my other sources that I publicly identified in that article said that they're leaving Dulles with these people and they're going to uh, abandon parts of big military bases or abandoned bases altogether. 200,000 of them. I even heard from a flight attendant. I don't even need her story to confirm this. But this person said to me, yeah, these people uh, got on board. They were, they were in their 20s and 30s. There were no kids. There were no women. After we off-boarded the Afghans from Kabul, because as you know, we commandeered American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, and so they're actively bringing terrorists into the country to the tune of 200,000. The Chinese are active on our soil. It's not just the 500 at Camp Grayling. They're all through America. They're on our borders. And of course, we have MS-13, ISIS, and every other type of perversion in terms of who's going to take down America that you can think of, including Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So when you add all this up, they know, the Chinese know, that we can destroy their country. But they're hoping to defeat America on its homeland so they can occupy it by using the belt buckle strategy. And they're getting help from compromised administration officials. Sorry for the long explanation, yeah. but I thought it was really important That's to put this into the discussion. That is fantastic commentary, and all of it is true. Let me add a couple things. We have 100 to 300 Chinese so-called students that have been rushing back to the United States. These are men and women of military age, and many of them come from not only red China 
and, and have, whether openly or secretly, rank in the People's Liberation Army, they also previously attended blacklisted universities that Trump refused to accept students from because they were hardline communist universities, and he saw that as a threat to militarily to the United States. And who's all rushing back to school after one year because of COVID back in the homeland, get a reprogrammed and, and, and refresher course on their uh, communist ideology and their, and their sapper techniques. They're back in the United States. Welcome back to school, everyone. And so, yes, those all of that is going on in our nation. But here's the thing. When the first ship sinks, that is when the average American is going to realize that he has to stand on the beach with his binoculars and with his rifle and be on the lookout for enemy activity and deal with it. The Home Guard units, whether in Great Britain or in the United States in World War II, saw very, very little actual action. They mostly were hunting for downed pilots and stuff like that in Great Britain and some, some coastal patrols in the USA. But this time, the Home Guard is going to be very, very busy. And this is one reason that I actually want the conflict to erupt. I want the boil to burst. And when that happens, the average American will actually get off the couch. Um, I don't think the Americans are going to get off the couch until they're starving. We'll see. We have a and great that's gonna history. Listen, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's not like, gee, I hope this happens someday because America will wake up. No, 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 it's coming. It's happening now. The f attack on our food has already happened by the Biden administration in so many different ways. Anyway, we need to step aside here for our last break. We're talking with Sam Arnold. We'll return to Sam in just a second and put a cap on everything that we've been talking about today. But again, I just mentioned it. You heard it. We need to be thinking very clearly about your food and water supplies. And I'm going to package these together, folks, because if you have food, you better have water. The food we talked about earlier, just simply go to preparewithdave.com. It'll become obvious what you need to do. They make it really easy to order. There's a special there. But ladies and gentlemen, you don't have a choice unless you want to go behind the wire guarded by the Chinese and other UN troops. And that's a fact. And I've been covering this for years, so has Steve Quayle. Also, you're not going to have trouble getting standing water, but you're not going to have drinkable standing water. And the Naval War College says on the fifth day of a crisis, waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. Well, we can prevent that with the Alexa Pure Pro water filter, and I recommend getting two or three because things get stolen, things get lost, things get broken, and I recommend having two or three. I have three. And what you need to do there is realize that this is the best water filtration system in the country, probably the world. They list at waterwithdave.com the competitors, and they talk about filtration um, uh, efficacy, and there's no comparison between them and their competition. You get 40% off if you order now. Preparewithdave.com for the food, waterwithdave.com for the water. And then finally, one thing, I just want to reemphasize the fact that, folks, there will be a calming of the seas following what's coming. And if you have protected your assets, which Noble Gold can do for you, you're going to come out the other side a whole lot better. And you've got to think ahead. And you owe it to yourself if you have assets to protect 
to call Noble Gold at 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show sent you. Well, as I mentioned, we are speaking with Sam Arnold, and we're talking about the build-up to World War III, and we've looked at things domestically, internationally, specifically focusing on our weapon systems. And uh, Sam, let's let's cut right to the chase here. Do you see a provoking incident that will set all this off? Sometimes the public needs that. I really don't even care. We, we should be able to use force in cold blood. I, I know that that has been brought out of our culture, but nobody knows which side's going to move first. China, by drawing this line in the sand and claiming huge swaths of international waters as their own and saying, okay, no foreign military ships can come in unless they will broadcast their position uh, and, and ask permission and... Uh, submit to a Chinese pilot. So you think we're going to surface our submarine and let a Chinaman climb down the hatch and run the thing? No. It's just not going to happen. So them making this decree that starting September the 1st, this was their line in the sand, is a huge step. This is, as I've been watching these occurrences, watching the Queen Elizabeth come through and be careful not to come within the 12-mile zone, etc., etc., China has just really extended their buffer and said, okay, now we will, we will defend these territories. So they're kind of trying to claim that they're the underdog, that they're not the aggressor, but for them to make an illegal law and then threaten to enforce it is them very clearly being the aggressor. So yeah. it's a Mexican standoff. We don't know who's going to blink. Well, there's another factor in this, too, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but uh, this has come back to me a couple of times now. We have relatives in Taiwan. I know people in Taiwan. And what the Chinese are doing right now is they're, they're trying to negotiate with Taiwan to form a confederation, not an exact takeover. I think it's inch by inch. It's a cinch. You know, I think it's a, a progressive move towards a takeover. But what they're saying is their justification is, can you really depend on the United States with Biden? Look how he screwed Afghanistan. Thousands, hundreds of thousands we put to death with this administration. You can't trust them. And if we come for you, you're not going to get much help. And it's interesting that is coming into play. Now, I know a little bit about the Taiwanese character. They're not going to submit. This is a superfluous argument. But China is getting aggressive, and that's why I'm wondering if there's going to be a provoking incident. Somebody's going to blink. I can't believe that nobody has blinked yet. But as every week has gone by, we got more of these really experimental weapon systems in the field. When Trump took over the presidency, the F-35 wouldn't fly. We... Everyone wondered if it could fly or if it was just a boondoggle in a black hole pour billions of dollars in. Trump made it fly, got some built, got them deployed in all three variants. They just deployed on the carrier variant, and that carrier, the USS Carl Vinson, just got to the Pacific. So you and I have been reporting on this, but I mean, we're talking in the past seven days. The very first F-35C 
Cato Bar squadron off of a U.S. supercarrier has gotten to the Pacific and participated in live fire exercises in the last week. It's just gotten there. So Trump made the F-35 fly, made some of them. Now they're getting deployed, but there still was nothing to put in their internal weapons phase. Not really. And the whole idea of a stealth plane is the, the weapons are hidden up in the airframe, the doors are closed, and then it's all invisible to radar. Well, there was nothing to put in there. And this is what has happened in the past very few weeks and months huh. is we've got the new joint standoff weapon jet power I, I which listen, means it's Sam, a real Sam, I hear missile you. now I, I don't really want to go back down the weapons thing again because our time is short but I'm just yes. thinking I'm going to go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis when President Kennedy Please. enacted the blockade around Cuba and to prevent the Russians from supplying any more nuclear weapons to that island John Kennedy said you know the way this war could start is one captain gets nervous and fires on another ship and then it's on and he said it could be totally out of our hands. Khrushchev won't decide. I won't decide. And I'm wondering if that's how this is going to start. We need a quick answer on that because uh, we're, we're close to the end. We have U.S. ships in all five of those fleets. Each one's in an individual fleet, and they're right on the border. And, yes, somebody blinks, then the fur is going to fly because launches are going to take place, and a lot of ships will sink. I, I don't think it'll be just one. And yeah, I agree. Uh, tell you the truth i'm praying for it and I, I agree and the thing is too is there will not be a command decision to fire it will not be biden's choice he does not have control over these forces and a lot of people have trouble getting their mind around that but we you and i have both known this for a number of months uh sam we got about a minute left and just talk a little bit about um how you uh came to be in mexico and it has to be short version and then how people can follow your good work gospelgunslingers.com is my main site. Uh, I'm a poor jungle preacher. I have studied military and weapon systems for my whole life. Uh, living in the third world, I get a lot of uh, insight into things that I, I have a different perspective being outside the borders of the U.S. I am a real refugee for a lot of reasons. My entire claims up on Twitter, if anyone's interested to see those reasons in Spanish, and uh, for because of that, any small offerings really help a great deal. We are trying to rebuild journalism from safety as refugees in our sovereign neighbor, the Republic of Mexico. And I appreciate every one of my partners. Please go to gospelgunslingers.com and sow a seed or follow me on all platforms. I answer most of my mail, and I'd love to know you and make friends. Yeah, it's, it's interesting <laughs> you expressed it the way you did. Um, we, we, we say on our TV show we're reinventing investigative journalism uh, because that is a lost art. Sam, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. Very insightful. I guess the world's just going to sit here and wait, but we've, we've set the table nicely, Sam. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.